What's up, guys? Another episode of Rest Day. It is not a rest day for me, even though generally on Mondays I have a rest day. Today, some things need to be sorted around, which I definitely want to talk about. 100 days out from Canyons, I think that's like 14 or so weeks we did not get to hop on last week. Uh, I traveled outside the country, which we'll definitely talk about how that affected training. I want to talk about a couple of things leading up into this week because I'm traveling again this week and I've... (laughs) another big mileage week, probably my biggest training week volume yet. So I want to talk about how I'm going to do that and maybe get a little bit of your advice. If you are watching this live, welcome. Um, I stream every single Monday night, pretty much every single Monday night over on YouTube, uh, Brad trains. And also you can catch this replay. If you are catching the replay, if not, if you're catching this on maybe Spotify, Apple, um, welcome there as well. You can hop in live if you ever have any questions or I leave like poll questions, you can leave them, uh, whatever service you're watching, please. I do always, um, love it. If you can leave a quick review, um, I think on Spotify, it's just even leaving a couple stars or here on YouTube. I'm so close. I had a goal of getting to a thousand subs on the channel by the end of 2023. That didn't quite happen, but I have like 800. So I'm, I'm almost there. So if you uh, could consider, subscribing, help support the channel. Um, in that way, that would mean a lot, a lot to me. So the last time we spoke, I had 52 miles planned and that was for the week, um, pretty much of new year's week. All right. And things went somewhat according to plan. As we mentioned, I was coming off a little bit of a knee thing, which we found out was due to a really, really tight quad. Once I got that trigger point that went away. So I went into the new year, like ready to rock that 52 miles and 50 miles is definitely a volume that I can handle now with pretty, pretty good confidence. I do live on a flat Island. So that really, (laughs) that makes a difference because there's a difference between doing 52 miles in nine hours, like I'm doing or having elevation. So keep that in mind when people talk about you know, how much volume they're doing as far as distance, make sure that you're really understanding like the full picture. And I'll talk elevation this week and last week for a little bit of that reference, because last week I did less miles, but it was more time on feet, which depending on what you're training for, that could be really, really important. So New Year's Day, I had off. My coach knew that. So whenever I have an off day from work, I'm a school teacher. Whenever I have an off day from work, I'm going to try and get some mileage in. It feels almost like a waste when I'm sitting around at home because usually I have to pack all my miles in after work. It just feels like a waste when I'm sitting around all day and I don't have any mileage, which is another reason why today's Martin Luther King Day. I was able to get out today and take my rest day tomorrow. So we'll talk about that. On New uh, New Year's Day, I got out for 17. So I did my long run earlier in the week because I was traveling to Mexico for a wedding. And I was in Mexico Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So this was like the best of both worlds. I got to have off and know that I was going to be able to get my long run in out of a rest day that was the the previous Sunday. And there's just something awesome about getting your uh, long workout in earlier in the week. It just, it feels really, really, really good. So I was able to get that done in just under three hours. So that was awesome for me. And then uh, Tuesday, the second, we got 11 miles in. So I went kind of like almost back-to-back long week, uh, long weekend uh, with the 16 and a half and then another 11. That's that's a pretty good weekend for me right now. Uh, on Wednesday, I had seven miles and I did some easy like leg speed drills. We're not really doing too much tempo work, Coach and I. Uh, not so many intervals right now. Um, but we're definitely incorporating more like hill work as opposed and also like some leg speed things. So everything's got to be race specific and also where you're at. So right now we're definitely coach, I think is more um, concerned with building volume and getting my volume up. Then when I can get comfortable with the volume that he wants me at, then we can start to incorporate some speed things. Um, On Thursday, I went outside and for those of you that follow me on Instagram, that was the night that I went out into the trails at night. Or a couple of buddies of mine, uh, every once in a while, there's a state park that's near us that has some elevation. We like to get out during the night. And when I tell you I had a 10 out of 10 run, this was 8.6 miles. I think we got 1,800 feet in. 
it was a 10 out of 10 run until the last quarter mile. And I, I'm not even going to call it a sprain. I, I just tweaked it. You, if you've run trails, everybody's done it. We're like, it just slips off that route a little bit, especially in this day and age of these high stack shoes where you're like, oh my God. And you, and you can't tell if you broke your ankle, if you sprained it, if you tweaked it, if you're going to be able to walk it off. I really wasn't sure. I knew it wasn't those where it's like, whoo, that was a close one and I could keep running. Like I had to stop. I had to walk. And it being so close to the car, I had like a 40 minute drive home afterwards. I was really, really worried that I did more damage than I thought because I wasn't going to know until I got out of the car. And when I got out of the car, it was super, super tender. But I've sprained ankles before. <laughs> so I kind of knew what I had to do. I needed to get on ice quick. I needed to get it compressed and I needed to get it elevated. And I did that immediately. I have braces. So I was able to get a ton of compression onto that ankle quickly. And then I did the 20 minutes of ice on and off for a little bit. And I woke up on Friday and this, I had the arrest day because I was flying out to Mexico. So it was like, I also wasn't too freaked out about the ankle tweak because I knew that A, I had Friday off and B, I already had my long run in. So even if I had to like wobble and survive the weekend in Mexico, it wasn't going to be the end of the world because I only had eight miles left in the week to get up to the 52 that I wanted. So I had like 45 going into Mexico. Yeah. Looking like I'm planning ahead into Mexico, I wasn't sure what was going to be able to happen uh, as far as where we were. So I went to Puerto La Verta, which is on the Pacific coast and it's south and it can be remote. Once you get outside the city, it can get pretty remote. And that's, that's where we were. And the wedding planner was like, Hey, I'm not really that cool with you leaving the property. You can, but and, and not for danger. Puerto Verde is a very, very safe city, um, all things considered. Like, I did not feel in danger, but it was dirt roads, people flying around, driving, not really paying attention. It wasn't like here where I'm used to, like, my cushed shoulder that I could run on. Or if something were to happen, my communication barrier. Like, they were just like, hey, could you stay on the property? And uh, with that said, there was no place to run, no treadmills or anything like that. But they had... It was, it was like built that this villa was 54,000 square feet and it was built into the side of this cliff and it had staircases on the inside and outside of this villa from the ocean all the way up to the roadway. And it got me about 125 feet per trip. So I woke up Saturday. I was like, ankle feels okay. I like tested it on a couple stairs. I brought the brace with me. I'm like, if anything, I'm just going to walk stairs for two hours and just get as much vert as I can. So I walked stairs for two hours, uh, hour and 46 minutes. That got me five miles. And all the staff members at this at this villa, they're looking at me like I'm freaking crazy. I, it, I guess when you go to a wedding with 30 people in the villa and everyone is bombed and I'm the one sober guy that's like running up and down the stairs. All right, so we got, uh, but that got me 2,000 feet. So on the 1,800 and then the 2,000 feet on... Saturday, that's a re that already 3000 feet is already a really, really big week for me. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this again tomorrow, but I don't need as much. So on Sunday I did the same exact thing and I did for 90 minutes, I got 3.7 miles and another 1500 feet. So this is that week, that first week in January was my biggest, um, volume week of the year so far was the first week. So that's not that big of a deal, but most 5,700 feet of gain is the most gain I've had in a, probably in any week, probably since the hundred, because like I said, flat Island and it's elevation is definitely something that I want to try and work on this year. It's something that's very important to me that I, it's a weakness of mine. I got it. I, I even though Canyons is net downhill, it still has 17,000 feet of, of gain. So I've been trying to really think about how and talking with the coach about how I'm going to build volume. And for me, most of that's going to be on the treadmill. So it was nice actually to be somewhere else and be able to get that gain in almost 6,000 feet for somebody that just, I, in 2023, I just broke a hundred thousand. So I essentially got 5%, almost 6% of my total elevation change last year. 
which was great. And I got home uh, late on Monday, which is why we didn't podcast uh, last week when I got home. But I did then treat um, treat Monday as a rest day. And there's really some awesome takeaways from that week that I do want to talk about. Number one, I've never exercised on vacation before. <laughs> Unless that execute, unless that vacation was for exercising, but I think that I got myself so worked up about what mileage I was going to do what day, and I think if you're training for something, you have to remember. And we've talked about it briefly, but it's sometimes it's easier said than done, right? Like we have our program and we have our days that things are programmed, but life gets in the way, and. Yeah, I was supposed to do my long run on Saturday, but I was in Mexico. So I rearranged my schedule and I made it happen. So those are the two. You have to be committed to making it happen if this is what you want. And I'm coming into the exact same problem this week coming up. So before we talk this week and what that problem is going to be, let's talk about the week that we just came off of. So the Sunday of yesterday. So I went from 52 in Mexico, then we just went up to 55. I only got 2,500 feet. So even though I got more mileage, my time on feet was much different. So I did uh, in the Mexico trip, I was at 12 hours and eight minutes. Uh, the week, even though I did three more miles, I was like 10 hours and 45 minutes. So a lot less time, but more miles because of that elevation. Got home from Mexico took it nice and easy by now i'm like okay ankle feels good like it it's definitely tender it's achy but i'm running it's not getting worse um so we went out on tuesday with for a 10k and i tried to push it a little bit i went like 53 minutes that's pushing it for me as well as some strength work some squats like i said pretty good ankle felt really really good so we backed up the ninth on the 10th we went out and we did eight more on thursday we got six more on Friday, we got eight more leading into a really, really big week for me, weekend for me. Also on Friday, we got my standard wall sits, lateral bands, glute bridges, all those things that I love to do. On Saturday, 20-mile long run. I, I, I was a little fearful of the ankle. Like I said, the ankle was present, but not getting worse when I ran. It was just more achy. And I was like, okay, well, these six, eight mile runs are something that I can do very, very easily uh, on a regular basis. So I was really curious what the 20 was going to do to it. And when it, if you're, if you started going long, regardless of what the distance is, whether it's 20 miles or your long run, six miles, you know what it feels like when things just click and things feel good. And it was a 10 out of 10, 20 mile run. I got done in three hours and 10 minutes. So 932 pace for me is slower than my marathon pace. My marathon pace is like 850. But if I go marathon pace, I'm going to smoke myself at 850. So to go 930, and I got home feeling fresh after that 20 miles, off of a 6868 before that. So on my fifth running day in a row, with 12, uh, 28 miles already, man, that, that Saturday run, that 20-mile run, uh, aces. It could not have went any better. And that was even knowing that I had another seven yesterday with some heavy strength. And I got the seven in, I got the strength in, and I was feeling tired, feeling fatigued, which I should be. 55 miles is a pretty big volume week for me, especially having that rest day and then going like, like I said, 827. And then I saw that coach today. So this is kind of leading into this week and the issues that I'm having this week. And I'll give you some tips that my coach gave me that might help you is I had 13 today, a half marathon, which I knew was going to be a lot. And I'm still in that phase where like, I'm trying to lift heavy. So I squatted heavy yesterday. So I came off of that 55 mile week of fatigue plus that little bit of lifting soreness that you feel when you start to squat heavy. And I was up last night like, oh man, I'm traveling next weekend and I'm going skiing. And the highs are saying five, five degrees, not Celsius. And I like, I didn't know what to do. I have a 23 miler planned this week and I'm going 64. 
So I'm going 52, 55. Now I'm going to 64 and I have a 23 coming up. And there was a part of me that was like, I need to get this 23 out of the way. I'm going away. And I talked to a bunch of people, mentors, coach, and I didn't do it for a couple of reasons. And here's why. The first reason I didn't run 23 miles is my body wasn't ready for it. And I said to coach and I said to some friends like, oh man, I'm either going to have to run this 23 after a day of skiing or I'm going to have to run this 23 Wednesday night before or Thursday night before I go skiing, Friday night before I go up skiing, whatever that is. And they were like, okay, so you're making excuses. Like, yeah, you might have to run at night. I got news for you. You're hundred miler. You're going to run at night or you're going to have to run tired. I got news for you. The last 23 miles of your 100, you're going to be tired. Like stop overthinking this. Stop thinking that your easy long run has to be cush and right after a rest day. Like if anything, beat yourself up a little bit, but don't switch things around and do 23 on top of a 55 mile week and risk injury, right? Because we have to like know like, yeah, on Strava, our weekly miles resets on Monday. It says zero, right? But in reality, your fitness and fatigue is a rolling average of like your last seven to 10 days probably. So although on Strava it said I didn't do any mileage this week and okay, that sounds like a perfect time to go out and run 23. In reality, that was stupid because I just come off six, eight, six, 20, like all this stuff in a 55 mile week. And so I just like, was like, all right, that's right. I, I'm going to run that 23 when I'm supposed to run it. And if I'm committed to this, I'm getting it done after a day of skiing if it's five degrees outside. And if I want to be a little bitch, I'll get it done on the treadmill. Or I'm going to put my kids to bed one night at seven o'clock and I'm going to go out and run till midnight before we leave. That's just the way it's got to go. All right. And uh, about three miles into my half marathon today, I was like, <laughs> that was the right decision because my legs, I, I was just carrying a ton of fatigue. And I think my pace today was probably 11 minute pace with a couple porta potty stops because that's my morning routine. But if you saw the picture I posted on Instagram uh, this morning of me sitting on that bench sunrise, that was me like, all right, I got three miles left. That was at the 10 mile mark. And I was like, let's just sit here. Let's just enjoy the sunrise for a minute and then bang out the, these last three. And it did that really, really nicely. And then today, which is usually my rest day is going to be tomorrow, which is great because we have snow coming in tonight. So I'm going to be able to have my rest day tomorrow, play with my kids in the snow. I have a little bit of upper body strength planned. So it's going to be kind of weird having like my rest day on a Tuesday. It's going to throw everything off. Uh, my daughter has gymnastics and all. It's going to, just going to be weird. But uh, right back to work on Wednesday, we're going to do eight miles. Thursday, six miles with a stronger uh, zone two. So if you've seen on my Instagram too, I've been doing a lot of low zone two and high zone two work. I think there's a really, really big difference. I think just to say zone two, and if you have any questions about this and you're here, leave them in the chat, please. It's I love when people leave questions or just say hello. <laughs> but I've been doing a lot of low zone two and high zone two, and I very, very rarely have been coming out of it. Um, but I think there's major, major benefits. And just say zone two, I think is too vague because like my zone two range, I mean, if you think about like my heart rate of zero, like zone two could essentially be that like, recovery zone one, I guess you'd say. But my zone two is probably 116 up to 139. So over a 20 beat per minute, like that's a lot for me, especially for a guy that doesn't really, my heart rate doesn't move very much. Like my aerobic capacity is getting so good that it doesn't really move. So my real zone two, like my long runs, easy days are like, 116 up to 130, where my high zone two stuff is going to be like 130 to 140, if you know, if you know what I mean. So when I say like high zone two, that's what I mean. Still not pushing above that math heart rate, but I'm definitely running at a little bit more uncomfortable where like low zone two, I could like chat. I could, that's when I'm filming my reels. If I'm doing that, where like higher zone two would be like, I'd be running with somebody and they'd be doing most of the talking and I'd be able to respond in like quick short spurt sentences, but like not really going up too high. So once again, I got seven easy. So that's going to be low zone two on Wednesday. And then Thursday 
is either going to be the night that I try and get this 23 in, or I'm going to do six miles and just say, Hey, I'm going to do these 23 uh, up in Vermont and then get a bunch of vert too, which I'm kind of pumped about the uh, place I'm going to stay. It's in like a gated community. And if I go from the gate down on the road all the way uh, up to the top of the place, I can get like almost 1500 feet. So I'll be doing that as well. Jacob Mooney, what's up? Another dude doing canyons with me. He's going to whoop my legs. Champion of the backyard ultra. What's up, buddy? That, yeah, it was, it was chilly today. I, I prefer like today. I think uh, it was in the low twenties when I got out, probably the high twenties when I got back. And I, I'm a guy that's always cold, but I prefer the cold. Like we cold plunged before we got out this morning, uh, frozen cold plunge first time frozen cold plunge for the year. But I, you can always stack layers. I have no problem being all bundled up, gloves, hat, as long as you're dressed right, right? No bad weather, just bad gear. If it's actually like snowing or rainy and I'm going to slip and I'm not, I'm not going to risk a danger, but uh, just getting out there cold, I'd much prefer that than like even 80, sunny, humid. So like, yeah, today, today was one of the colder mornings out there. The, the porter potty seats were definitely cold, but um, yeah, it was, it was a nice, morning and uh jacob you had an awesome week as well that's i mean you're, you're fit <laughs> you're freaking fit uh friday we're gonna do seven miles easy so eight six seven eight six seven five three i wonder if you did that on purpose seven five three and then uh the big run this week 23 into seven so he wants me to get 30 in over the weekend uh like i said for a total of 64 miles i think if i do that marathon up in vermont um, or that 23 miles up in Vermont, I'll probably get another 5,000 feet, uh, which would be really, really nice. Uh, that would get me another 5,000 plus week, um, which I would love to be at. I would love to be at. And, um, yeah, that's, that's rip roaring. And then I come into my first pullback week, real pullback week with coach. Cause I've been with him now for seven weeks, but like we tapered into the backyard ultra and then I recovered for the backyard ultra, so if, if I go back, we have done like really since the backyard ultra, let me go back and just look at how this progression has been. Um, yeah, we did 16 after the ultra and then we went up to 35. So we did 16, 35, 40. Then we did 52, 55, 65. So that was probably my real like three week block. He was probably like, all right, no more messing around with this backyard ultra bullshit. Let's do it. And yeah, so the block was probably 52, 55, 65. Then he's going to pull me back to 45, which we'll talk about uh, next week after we figure out the skiing debacle and uh, what's what's going to happen there. And I mean, here's like kind of the takeaways too with the skiing and things like that is like, it's not like I'm going somewhere to be sedentary. I'm not going to be drinking. I'm Even if I cut my mileage a little, family time and memories is really, really important to me in this stage of life. And I have no problem being a mile 80 in canyons and being like, I'd be going faster if I didn't take that ski trip. Um, I'm okay with that, especially going with my kids. Like it's not a selfish trip. I'm taking my kids in the Northeast. We don't get that many opportunities to do so. So I am going to take that. That's one big takeaway I have. Um, trying to think of some other things my coach told me this week that I could pass on to you guys. Definitely keep on top of electrolytes, even in this cold weather. Sometimes you don't drink, um, you know, even though I, it's cold today, I really made sure I have timers on my watch because you're still sweating, especially if you dress appropriately. You may need a dripping sweat, but like my base layer, I was sweat through my base layer today and I have reminders on my phone to keep drinking. I still in the two hours drank a liter of water um, where I know some people go out when it's colder and they just skip water and then the afternoon is just a debacle. Like they just get beat up. So in these colder weather, colder temperatures, please. Um, make sure that you, what's up, Derek? How are you, man? Welcome. Uh, let's make sure that you're taking in all those electrolytes. And, um, you know, even in the really cold days when it's windy, I like a little bit of Vaseline on my cheeks. That definitely helps. And two, like, uh, I was also talking with coach about, uh, like visualization and how important that is to me because we've been, we talked earlier in this training block and earlier, um, in these episodes that, you know, mental toughness is definitely something that I'm working on and something that I need to work on. And visualization has definitely helped. It. And he's like, Hey man, it sounds cheesy, but like sometimes when you're, you know, in the last quarter mile, like visualize you're coming into the finish line, especially if you're tired, like throw your arms up and celebrate when you get to your house sometimes, or 
you know, little things like that, I think have been going really, really far for me. And where it was just always by the books, I take the Mexico thing, for example, like the fact that I couldn't run, it would have been like, I can't run. Um, I'm losing this training instead of just being like, Hey, let's get out there. Let's move. Let's visualize success. Let's visualize movement for two hours, how this is going to look and you'll be fine. And the same, I have to do the same thing this week with the 23 in Vermont. Like it is going to be a brutal, brutal 23 miles, regardless of when I do it. But I can almost promise myself that it's going to be easier than anything I'm going to face in my, in my hundred. Right. There's, I, there's no way that this run that I'm going to do is going to make, I'm going to be more tired going into it than my last 23 miles in canyons. There's no way it, I'm going to, it's going to be darker or it's going to be a more of a mental mind game. So it's almost like a blessing that I have this trip planned because now I can use that as a tool in my toolbox of being like, I overcame that just like I overcame Mexico. I'm going to remember that Mexico trip. You know, I'm going to remember in canyons when me and Jacob are hiking up a hill in the middle of the night, I'm going to be like those damn stairs in Mexico. Here they are, you know? So maybe it'll be cold in the middle of the night and I'll be able to say, man, that damn weekend in Vermont. Like, I'm glad I got that 23 in. Um, and also too, because I know sometimes it comes up. Uh, I do want to mention this with long runs. Um, breaking that long run up. Some people I've been talking to have suggested, Hey Brad, like if you're away, why not just do 13 in the morning, 10 in the afternoon? And I think personally, uh, and I'll talk from both the athletes that I coach and also being coached, my coach had pretty much the same answer that I give my athletes. And it's like, that's okay every once in a while, but it probably shouldn't become a habit. And the reason is long runs have a lot of physical and mental adaptations. And it, like, say, for example, like I, I had 20 miles every week and every single week I cut it at 10 in the morning and then 10 in the afternoon, or I did 12 and eight. There's definitely going to be a time where you get to a 16 mile run. And even though you've been doing 20 miles total volume, your body's just not ready for it. You know, that, that fatigue is going to set in or mentally, you know, if you mentally are able to shut it off after 10 or 12 miles knowing, all right, I'm just going to go out for those eight. Well, what happens when you don't get to sit for half a day and refuel and change your socks and all these things. So although many people have said like, Hey, why don't you just break that up in Vermont? I'm, I'm probably going to like, once I tie those shoes and I commit, I'm very, very, very good at signing contracts with myself and not breaking them. It is insane to me how much people will hold their word with other people, but not themselves. That is not me. When I sign a contract with myself, I will not break it. I will not let myself down. Some things sometimes outside of my control happen, but when I tie my shoes and I say, I'm going to go for a 23 mile run, regardless of the temperature, the time it's going to get done. And that's saying, I say to my coach, like, he was like, if you want to break it up, uh, I'm like, coach, that's, I didn't ask you if I, I'm not asking for permission. If I can break it up, I'm asking, is that something you do? Or are you telling me as your athlete that you want me to go out and run it all at once? He's like, I want you to go run it at once. I'm like, done, done. Forget I even said anything. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we got a question in the chat. Let's, I love questions. Thank you, Derek. Let's throw it up here so other people can see it. And first off, there's no dumb questions. <laughs> As a school teacher, I used to say there's no dumb questions, only dumb people. But then I found out like that offended people. But it was like a joke, I guess. I don't know. But there's no dumb questions. I got every every bit of success I've ever had in business, in life, anything is because I've always been good at asking questions when I don't get it. So please ask. Uh, we spoke a bit on Instagram. Fairly new runner. I'm up to five, six miles, 13 minute pace. You mentioned zone one. What's the rule uh, with training? So, Derek, I think um, general rule of thumb, like if you don't use a heart rate monitor and things like that, take 180 minus your age. If you ever can read your heart rate, that's fine. But I would prefer for a new runner to run on perceived effort. And here's why. Because A, you don't have to buy watches and heart rate monitors and all that stuff. And two, 
that there's so many things I can throw that off, especially temperature, blah, blah, blah. But your perceived effort, like if you're running along and you can make a phone call or you can sing along to the lyrics to a song or you can flat out just talk to yourself, that's where you need to be for at least 80% of your workouts. Now, for some people, that's walking in the beginning. You know, it's like I'm coaching a dude for training for his first 10K. He's like, Brad, I'm training for my first 10K. I'm kind of building mileage. Like this hurry that you want me and I kind of have to walk sometimes. I'm like, dope. That's fine. Right. And his resting heart rate's still a little high too. So the, we have to think of this as like, we're not just training for a race, but we're trying to build our aerobic capacity, build our respiratory system, build our cardiovascular system for life. Like stay ready. Like fuck the race. Who cares about that? So I believe in low RPE for like 80% of my training. When I build a week, and this is when I was self-coaching, Derek, and you can use this formula however you want, right? Start with roughly how many miles you want to run that week, okay? Then you have two quality days, two days that are the most important to you. One of them is your long run day. All you have to do is take your total mileage and take 30% of that. Done. Money in the bank, show you what you drank. Okay. So if you want to run 10 miles, your long run is going to be three. That's it. It should not exceed 30%, in my opinion, 35 maybe. And like I said, there's some nuance and some leeway there. I'm talking general for a new beginning runner. Take 30% of that. That's your long run. Your second workout is going to be one of three things, really. It's going to be hills if you're training for a hilly race. So hill repeats or something like that on the treadmill, walking at a high, steep incline. It's going to be speed work, whether that's intervals, tempo blocks, whatever. Or it's going to add to a back-to-back weekend. So a long run, and then maybe 10% less than that would be the next day. So if it was three, maybe the next day you do two. And that would be half of your whole weekly volume. So now how the hell do you program the rest of the week? All you do is take the remaining miles, and those are zone two. And you break them up however you want. Perceived effort, conversational pace, right? So if you get 30% and then the next one is five, so you have five miles left uh, and you have Monday through Friday, break those up however you want. It shouldn't exceed three, right? Because that's your long run. So maybe you run two, one, two, one, and you take a rest day. Maybe you do two, 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 and you take a rest day. Um, so, you know, that's that's really the, the best way I can do it. Don't worry about pace. Screw that. Um, think long-term, think a year from now when you're doing 10 minute pace. Okay. That's the thing that's important, but I'll repeat that quick and you can go back. This is going to be posted roughly the mileage is mileage that you want to work. Take 30% of that. That's your long run. And then you're going to add hills speed or back-to-back long run. And then the rest of the week is going to be zone two to get to the desired mileage that you want to get to. Now there's many different ways to build mileage. I do same miles, same miles, same miles for three weeks because I like to, my body to adapt. Then I go down 30% and then I go up 20%. I made a reel on that. If you want that reel, reach out to me, Derek, on the building volume and I'll just DM me and I'll send you that reel so you can, I use examples and I can do that a little bit quicker. I hope that answered your question. Uh, if you wouldn't mind talking about your upcoming race, uh, I'm not super familiar with Canyons. Absolutely. I'll tell you about the three races I have between now and Canyons. And then I'll talk about the one that I have that I signed up for after that as well. We'll hit them all. The first thing I'm doing is in two weeks, I'm pacing my good buddy, um, JJ Buckner, to his first marathon. It's going to be nice and easy. Um, Probably five-hour effort. I'm going down to Jacksonville, Florida to run Donna's marathon with him. That's on May 4th or 5th. I mean, uh, February 4th or 5th. For me, in my training, that's just going to be a long run day. I'm not tapering into that. I don't need to push because I'm pacing him. And with all due respect to him, I'm just a little further along than him. So running at 12-minute pace, 13, even 11-minute pace for the marathon wouldn't really be that big of a deal. I'll probably end, That'll probably just be a big mileage week for me. I'll probably end up running, probably be a back-to-back long weekend uh, kind of deal for me. My second quote race, which is more of an event because it's not an actual race, is uh, me and the guys from Recovery Strong. Um, they are pretty much my my sobriety recovery crew. Um, and they support everybody through you know fitness and adventure. 
So you can find them, uh, Live Recovery Strong on Instagram. If you're doing dry January, you're thinking about sobriety, recovery, and you need somebody, like, obviously, I'm a resource. But uh, me, those guys, and uh, another guy that's affiliated with them, a great ultra runner in his own right, Taylor Spike, uh, we're going to go out and we're going to run rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon, start at the south rim, take the south Kaibab Trail all the way down to the river, back up the north rim on the north Kaibab Trail, turn around, come back, try and get that all done in uh, one one day. Uh, and I'm doing that on March 28th. So that's kind of one month out from Canyons. And that will be part of probably a hundred mile week with probably 15 to 20,000 feet. That's part of like my peak week. Um, and yeah, so that's what's next. I'm sure you're familiar with the rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. Um, and then uh, Canyons is a hundred miler. It's in Auburn, California, which is up by Sacramento. Many people call it the, uh, the poor man's Western States. A lot of it is on the Western States trail, or at least the back half of it, at least. Um, it has a net downhill, but it sells 17,000 feet of change. So essentially it kind of starts up here and then it loops down and it comes back up. So the whole trend is down, but it kind of does this all the way down. Um, from what I heard, very, very nice trails last year, it was hot, 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 like in the nineties, hot. Um, it is a UTMB race. So you get some UTMB stones if you're, interested in qualifying for that. They have a hundred K a 50 miler as well. My wife is doing the 50 K. Uh, and it's just, it's going to be, uh, my first 100 miler. And I, I chose that race one, because I like to plan vacations, um, around my races if I can, cause I'm a school teacher. So that race fell on my spring break. Many people think that like, I'm like into, I'm supporting the UTMB, right? I'm not going to get into that drama because I don't deal with like politics and things like that. I, I picked out canyons because of it falling in my spring break and the fact that I don't have to take any personal days. That was like reason number one. Also too, I wanted an early season race because I love to train in the winter. As I just mentioned a little while ago, I love training in the cold. So I come out of winter pretty fit. And also I wanted to get that out of the way and then enjoy my summer last year going into a fall race I didn't really, not that I didn't enjoy my summer, but I spent most of my summer worrying and grinding for that race where now I'll get this out of the way. It'll be a major, major milestone. And then I'm going to get to crew and pace buddies at all different hundreds and hundred mile pluses all summer long and even into the fall. So that's another reason why I chose that race. But yeah, I, I don't think it's anything special, special, but uh, it's going to be really, really special to me. And if you have any follow-ups, please let me know. Uh, what are your uh, must-dos in between back-to-back -back long runs? Love it. So speaking with Coach, um, there's a couple ways that you could set up back-to-back -back long runs, and I think the way you set it up um, will really dictate what's happening in between. And I think by way setting it up is obviously how many miles are in each block. Like is one day weighted heavier than the next? Um, are we going to pace one differently than the next, but also too, and here's really something I never really thought about was the time in between, like, are you doing a block on Saturday, early AM and then Sunday, early AM and having almost 24 hours, or as my coach has mentioned, he's going to have me maybe go out Saturday morning and then my back to back might happen at midnight on Sunday. So cutting that time. Um, in between, I think generally speaking, and this is the way I program and the way it's been programmed for me, I want the first day to be the longest day. And I want the second day to be roughly, I, I would say at a minimum, a quarter of that distance. Um, like for example, last week, a 20 and a seven or a 20 and an eight, pretty good. I think, and that can go all the way up to 50, 50, in my opinion, I think the goal of the second day is, is really to run on fatigued legs and also force that recovery. And that's kind of, I'm sure what you mean, like my must do's full disclosure. I'm a, a very bad eater in general, not like quality of food, but the amount of calories that I get in. So a must do for me in between is really getting calories in 
and having those calories planned out just like I would in a race. There's been many times where I'm like, oh yeah, when I get back to the house, I'll just eat a, a ton. And then I get back and I don't really have a ton to eat. And then you start looking around the pantry. And then before you know it, you're trying to eat like four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just to get by. And that's not good. So I think must do is not only plan, uh, not only eat, but also plan a ton of my calories. Um, so I can walk in the door and know exactly what that's going to look like. That's a must do. The next must do is to come home from that first day and not sit around. I want to stay moving. I don't want to give my body a chance, any lactic acid that's built up. There's not going to be a ton of lactic acid because it's going to be mostly zone two. But any fatigue, I, I just don't want to tighten up. So, you know, the afternoon after a really long run is going to be a nice dog walk. It's going to be riding the bike with my kids around the block. Nothing, not like an intense bike ride, but motion is lotion type of stuff. That's huge for me. Um, and that's something that I'm definitely going to do every single back to back as it makes sure that I get at least like a 30 minute walk in sometime in the afternoon, especially like if I have something going on after that long run or where I had to sit, maybe work, or maybe I go to my in-laws and I'm in the car for 90 minutes, things like that. Um, I cold plunge every day. I don't know if it's a must do in between back to backs, but it's, I, I, I almost hate saying it. <laughs> But I fucking love the cold plunge so much. I'm not going to lie. Like, it seems so cheesy, but I mentioned uh, a couple weeks back, like, even if it's strictly placebo, let's say that. Even if the cold plunge is strictly placebo, it's the best damn placebo I've ever got. And when I don't have it in my life, I definitely feel more aches and pains. It's definitely, for me, a psychological boost, the endorphin rush, and for me, it works as an anti-inflammatory. It really, really does. I don't do it after I lift because that's not good, this, that, and the other thing. But in between back-to-back, -back, I'm going to get in the cold plunge, and that's also going to be later in the day, right around that motion is lotion. So I'm not going to get home and jump right in. Um, when I get home, I'm going to be like foam rolling. I don't stretch. Still don't really static stretch, so that's not a big deal. Um, and then also, too, depending on when that second run is sleep. All right. So it's all, I think all the cliche things, uh, I get home. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, even before I eat, I'm going to roll out, get a good foam roll in. Then I'm going to eat. Then I'm going to shower. Nice, cold, coolest shower, not a hot shower, not a cold shower. I'm going to go about my day, try and be as active as I can, be a good dad with my kids, go to the park, low impact, walking, things like that. The afternoon is going to be more eating. It's going to be cold plunge. And it's going to be getting a bed early. And that's pretty much my uh, must-dos. And then I think, I'm trying to think of other things that like I've done. I'll try and maybe switch up shoes. Like if I'm going into a race um, and I think I might have to change shoes or I might want to change shoes, I usually go up like a half size as the distance goes up. But you've gone longer than me, so you could probably talk longer about the longer distances and shoe changes. I might change them up on a Sunday on the second run, but that's it. Yeah, I think... Uh, just talking about personal struggles, eating. I, I have to eat. I think Andy Glaze says, uh, if you feel good, slow down. If you feel shitty, eat. Uh, that's that. It's so true for me. I, I got to eat. I have to eat more and I have to plan my meals so I don't come home and eat just crap because I feel like I need to eat. All good, Derek, man. And yeah, the foam roller is, um, once again, a cliche thing. Um, I think the one bad thing about social media is that like, I guess it's good and bad. You don't need like a degree or really any professional credentials to talk about anything. But I mean, I made, I made my YouTube living talking about personal finance and I don't have any personal finance degrees. And I know that I've helped a lot of people and I spoke from experience. And I think sometimes on social media, we see things like cold plunging, like sauna, things like that. And we think that it's just cheesy or just somebody making content. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, especially with all the supplements and stuff. But what I will say is try it and use experience to knock it as opposed to like pre-bias or opinion. Like I wanted to hate the cold plunge, but before I could, 
I had to get one. So I went and bought a trough, a horse trough for a hundred bucks from tractor supply, filled it with water. And I instantly loved it. I could never knock it. And now when people knock it, I'm like, have you, have you tried? Don't knock it till you try it. Right. Um, and I think foam rolling is one of those things. And I kind of like spoofed on that in a reel I just did with like the running workout, how I warm up for every single run, no equipment needed. And I just posted like, I just jog for 10 minutes. Like, cause I saw so many of these, like, here's the routine that you need to do before every workout. It looks stupid. And like, if you take those reels, all it is is people moving, right? So just, so just jog. Why do you need to like, I don't know, look like a dope, but foam rolling. I will say this, like with the fitness, I have more fitness education than I do uh, personal finance, uh, which is ironic, but the, the things that I spoke about, about not foam rolling your IT band, um, I'm not going to tell you why you shouldn't because I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to tell you this. If you're currently rolling your IT band, please, please Google, should I not be foam rolling my IT band? And then read a couple things. Just read a couple things of why you should not be foam rolling your IT band as well as your lower back. But that that the foam rolling that I do, it's like what nine minutes, eight minutes every day. I when I don't do it now, I know. When I don't do it, I feel my body feels different. And I do it immediately. And it's just my foam roller just sits on my living room floor. When I first was starting to do it, I needed to create that habit. I just put it on the floor. So I had to step over it a hundred times before I was like, all right, fine, let's just do it. And now it's just like, Avery Brody, where the hell is my foam roller? Oh, it's right here, dad. But give it to me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, um, there's other questions that we can wrap that up and yeah, 60, 64, 65 miles this week, trying to get 5,000 feet of vert. I think we're 14 weeks out or so, maybe 13, hundred days, hundred days out. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm jinxing. I feel really, really, really good. I'm so happy with how this block is going, coming out of the backyard, my knees, things didn't feel right. But I think I never really took an off season after the hundred K and I really, really switched my whole training to speed work for the New York city marathon the first week of November. And then I went right into that backyard ultra, like I just think I didn't take proper rest. And I'm glad that coach after that backyard ultra was like, Brad, like, cause I said to him, I'm like, dude, you got me on 35 miles. Like I'm trying to be a hundred miler, you know? He's like, yeah, dude, you got 20 weeks to go. <laughs> like we're good. We're, he's, we're only trying to build up to a hundred and something miles, like nothing crazy. Like let's give you a little bit of an off season. Let's get you used to stretching. And I'm glad I cut my miles back and use that time to get sore strength. Um, I hate to admit this, but like after my shoulder surgery, I mean, my shoulder injury years back, I completely lost push-ups. a year ago. I couldn't do three push-ups, and now I'm doing like sets of 10. And it's only because coach was like, do as many as you can. If it's three, do three, but then tomorrow do as many as you can. And is that like accountability piece of having a coach? One of the great things about having a coach is he's like, how many did you do today? I was like three. He's like, great. Try and do four tomorrow. And now it's like, how many sets of 10 did you do? And I'm like, oh my God. Um, so all things just feel really good. And I want that to resonate with you because things don't always feel good for me. And they always, they didn't. And I hate like sometimes this phase that I'm in and people that are just getting to know. It's hard to scroll back a year and a half in reels or posts on Instagram. Um, but you know, we're talking a year ago, I was still over 200 pounds. A year ago, I had not run an ultra marathon yet. A year ago, I had only run 355 miles in 2022. Um, I've been working my ass off and I'm, I'm really proud of myself for that. And I'm really happy with the opportunity that I have here to like, you know, get other people there. But we, I want you to know that like, just stay, please stay consistent. I'm so... A year goes so fast. A year goes so fast. And it's night and day. It's night and day. It's night and day. In one year. I've never had like 
I've always been an alcoholic. I never had like a nice, nice toned fit body. Man, I can't wait for summer. Like I'm 18 again. The summer, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. <laughs> can't wait. I'm gonna be a 42 year old guy. It's like oh, I'm just gonna take my shirt off. I'm gonna mow the lawn with my shirt off. All that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna drive to the beach with my shirt off. Can't wait. And uh, I earned it. You know, a lot of cold mornings, like Jacob said this morning, and uh, you can do it too. You can do it too. Before I babble on too long, um, once again, if you're catching this on YouTube, please, if you could, consider subscribing. See if we can get me up to 1,000 subs in the next month or so here. Um, and then YouTube will pay me some money to do this, and then we can just dump it right back in and do dope races and have fun, travel around and meet you guys, and that would be sick. Um, if you're on Spotify, uh, you can, uh, you don't even have to leave a review, but you can leave some stars that will help boost me up so people can listen to this and will get recommended to them. Or if, uh, you know, obviously being the small word of mouth, if you think that something I said, you know, can help somebody else, uh, no shirt, no shirt, the shirt with the vest on though, oh, shirt with the vest on. Have you ever made that mistake? Anybody? Oh yeah. It's a hot summer day. I'll just wear my. I'll just wear my Solomon vest with no shirt on. That was a terrible mistake. All right. I'm not into football, but I'm studying so that I don't look like an idiot at whatever Super Bowl party I show up at when all the, the manly men are talking football because God knows they don't want to hear about my running shoes. So I've been studying football all weekend. And apparently there's one more game tonight. I got to go watch that and take some notes. If anything, I'm an academic. So, I'm going to walk into school tomorrow and my students are going to think I am an NFL professional. <laughs> All right, guys, you're the best. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you next time. Shoot me a DM if you have any follow-up questions or you just want to say what's up. Uh, I don't know who to follow because all I just do on Instagram is scroll. So if, yeah, DM me. So I want to follow you. I want to, these, you guys are people relevant. So. Let me know so I can follow you back because we're all on the same team here. All right. Go check out Recovery Strong. Tell them Brad said hello. Um, they're they're really, really, really good people. Even if you're not sober, they're just good people to have in your life. And they might make you think that it might be a good idea. But I I can't say enough. I love those fucking guys. I love Taylor Spike so much. They're uh they're getting me there. They're getting me to the promised land and they're they're changing my life every single day. So maybe they'll change yours. All right, guys, take it easy.